Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for EveryMind. This week, Jess and Paul give us five practical tips on how to avoid burnout. My particular favorite was tip four, and my value was growth. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then listen on and all will become apparent. If you think EveryMind at Work can help your business, then head over to everymindatwork.com. And if you found this episode valuable, don't forget to share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. As ever, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another webinar. It's good to see so many of you already here. We've got 120 by the looks of it that have joined us and I'm sure more people will be joining very, very soon. Very grateful to be joined by Jess today. Jess, just want to say hello and then we'll do the intros in a minute. Yeah, hi. Hi, everyone. Um, Good good to be joined by Jess, another um, really important member of the team, which, which is always exciting to have people on the team join these sessions today. Um, guys, as I can see, more and more people coming in. Can I just get a yes in the chat box if you can hear me and Jess okay? If you can see us okay, you should see the chat box to the right-hand side. There we go. That's promising. Otherwise, we had a couple of technical issues, I think, on the last session. Um, cool. So what I'm going to do is just jump back to the beginning. In today's session, we're going to be looking at work overload, five simple techniques to avoid HR burnout. And this session is going to be slightly different to the other sessions that we've run. So you might have been on our previous sessions where we looked at crisis management, where we've looked at the return to work, where we've looked at many different topics when it comes to mental health in the workplace. And when I say this is slightly different, we're actually going to be sharing some exercises live on this session today that you can do with us. And it's about spending an hour, 45 minutes of your time today as a HR professional or, you know, whatever your role is, just spending a bit of time for yourself to look at some ways of managing your own mental health as well. So what we're going to be doing, if you haven't got a paper and pen ready, um, get yourself a paper and pen, whether it's a notepad, pen, because as I said, we are going to be doing some exercises. And if you do have the time, it's going to be um, very beneficial for you to do them as well. So we're going to be looking at, as we say, how we can build out our resilience, utilizing the exercises that we're going to be looking at today as well. Now, guys, we're also going to make this a little bit more exciting. And this is just my way of tricking all 167 of you now onto the to stay on to the end of the session. Um, I've got a couple of books here, a book called How to Feel Good in Difficult Times. And this is a really, really good book. It's looking at sort of simple strategies to help you survive and thrive. I've read it sort of, you know, a couple of times now. And we've given these books away to quite a few HR professionals. And I'm going to give away five of them in today's webinar as well. And the way that we're going to do that is me and Jess were just trying to think of a good way of doing this is we're going to give you or I'm going to give you two truths and one lie. All right. Two truths and one lie. Very personal. Two truths and one lie. You've got to write down what you think the lie is. And then at the end of this session today, we're going to get you guessing and we're going to choose five people at random. who have got the right answer to win the books and we're going to send you a physical copy in the post. So I'm going to forget the I'm going to forget the, the ones that I said, Jess. So I'm going to give you three statements about me and you've got to figure out which one is the lie. The first one is I'm a Liverpool football club supporter. The second one is I am terrible at DIY. And the third one is that I highlight my hair. So they are three statements about me and you have to figure out which one is the lie. Don't put it in the chat box yet. Write it down. And when we get to the end of this webinar, if you get it right, we're going to choose five people at random to win a physical copy of the book. Now, today's session, we're going to be looking at, as we've said, HR burnout and just burnout in general. When we're looking at, you know, mental health in the workplace, there's a lot around overload and overwhelm at the moment. And a recent survey found that just 34% of HR professionals felt able 
To switch off from work and only 43% felt their levels of stress were manageable. I'm sure might be some of you might argue those statistics might be a little bit more different as well. And I don't know if you can relate to that, but I think it's been a very difficult time for HR professionals in general, but specifically because of the pandemic, the overload, the amount of work that we've had to sort of take on, it's become a very, very difficult period for us all. So I'm joined by Jess today, who is going to be helping me on this session, and we're going to be giving you some five techniques to be able to use yourself to be able to deal with that burnout. So Jess, do you want to introduce yourself first to everyone? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Jess, I work for Mind, as been mentioned. Um, and I have certainly had my own experiences with mental ill health and overwhelm um, that leads me to uh, delivering webinars for Mind as well and on developing coping mechanisms to be able to handle um, that overwhelm and handle mental ill health. Um, I've sort of struggled since my teenage years uh, with social anxiety, depression, and developed a very unhealthy coping mechanism, which was an eating disorder. Um, at about the age of 19, I found running, and that really helped me, but it certainly didn't save me from becoming ill with my mental health again. And in 2017, I found myself very poorly again with depression, um, really struggling for, for about a year um, and actually used that sort of adversity with my mental health to then go on to create um, what is now a global non-profit, Rump Talk Rum, where we're supporting lots of other people with their mental health. So yeah, I care very much about um, helping people find their tools and coping strategies for dealing with their mental health so they don't do what I did and develop unhealthy tools and strategies. Amazing. And like I say, I'm just grateful that Jess is joining us today. Um, at every mind, we really sort of try and focus on personal experience and sort of, you know, seeing Jess's sessions that she delivers to our clients. You know, that personal experience, I think, is really, really important. So um, thanks for joining us, Jess. And um, like I say, Jess is a, a key member of our team. Um, I'm Paul, the founder of Every Mind at Work. Again, someone who talks very openly about my own personal experience of, of losing my dad to suicide when I was 18. And um, dealing with depression and anxiety um, that followed from that and um, went on to, to to found the company Every Mind at Work a couple of years ago. And, and our sort of aim and mission is to really help businesses with their mental health strategy and really make an impact on their employees as well. So um, hopefully you're looking forward to today's session. As I said, we're going to be giving you some practical tips as well. As with all of our sessions, if you've ever been on them before, um, we will also be sharing some free resources during the session today. Free books, Jess, free resources. There's lots going on. Um, last month, we handed out a crisis intervention handout. The session that we run last month was on um, crisis management. How do you support an employee when they're in crisis? And we've got this graphic that you can see here that is accessible for you as well. Um, Sam, if you can put a link in the chat box, I haven't prepped Sam with that, um, so it might take him um, a little bit of time. But if you wanna head over to that link, you'll be able to save that, you'll see a replay of the last session, and at the same time, you'll be able to download that handout as well. So as I said, Sam will probably put that in the chat box um, in a couple of minutes as well. So you can get that for free to share with your colleagues if you feel like it's gonna be beneficial for them as well. And once again, during this session, at the end of it, I'm going to be sharing another resource 
for you that you can use yourself and share out to your employees. Very similar to this one, a quick handout you can download and share looking at the techniques that we're going to be sharing in today's video, today's webinar, today's webinar as well. Now, resilience, what do we mean by resilience? And I'm going to ask you that question. What do you believe the definition of resilience is? So put it in the chat box. What do we mean by resilience? What is your definition? Um, Jess, do you want to walk through some of these points here? Yeah, absolutely. So resilience, um, its definition is technically the ability to recover from adverse events. Um, and we all have our own idea of what resilience is, and there's sometimes some misconceptions about it. So it's worth ironing those out. Um, I actually did a session this morning where someone actually said it's the ability to not let adverse effect, events affect them emotionally. Um, but it's not about that at all. Um, resilience is allowing it to affect you emotionally, but being able to move through that event still and come out the other side and recover from that adversity. So it's not the absence of hardship or struggle, and it's not the absence of feeling bad about those events. Um, it's about knowing when to ask for help, uh, which can often be the trickiest thing, and we're going to be um, coming back to that point later on in this webinar. Paul's gonna walk you through how to use your social support circle. Um, and it's about recovering. So. For those of us who, who follow sport, we can sort of relate it in a physical sense as well. It's how quickly we can recover from an adverse event. Um, and as you build on your resilience and as you build on your coping mechanisms, you will get quicker at recovering from challenging circumstances. Um, we can also look at it as, as a way to describe how we look after our well-being as well. Amazing. Yeah. And again, you know, as, as Jess rightly sort of shared, there's a, a misconception that someone who's resilient does not feel any emotion, does not deal with any struggle or stress. And that's definitely not what it is. We've got some really good answers here. Being able to bounce back, ability to deal with everyday challenges, the ability to, to bounce back, the ability to cope, um, the ability to withstand adversity, um, lots and lots of definitions here. And I think that's a great example as well when we do look at resilience. And when we look at mental health in general, it's, it's very individual, right? It's very, very individual. Um, and the definition of resilience is individual as well. And I'm going to ask you this question as well. Put it in the chat box. Who do you see as being resilient? Because again, when we're looking at an individual that we might perceive as resilient, that might have an impact on our definition of resi what resilience is as well. And, you know, for me, it's always my granddad, my my 95-year-old um, granddad. Sadly, we lost him at the end of last year, but someone who had got through war, someone who had obviously lost his only, his only son, his only child, you know, my dad to suicide, and then less than a month later lost, you know, my, my nan, his wife. And, you know, he just had this, I guess, ability to, to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going, right? And... You know, Jess has highlighted maybe, you know, he probably had some negative coping strategies as well, I'm sure, along the way. But he did have that kind of, he, he could face adversity and he could get through. Um, Jess, who do you see as being resilient? Uh, it's a bit corny, but for me, it's my mum. Um, she had me young. She still went to uni. She had a lot of hardship, but I think it's definitely seeing her being able to bounce back from all of those events. That's, that's what resilience is to me. Yeah, Mita's got my mum. Um, Bethan said my HRD. Hopefully they're on here, um, Bethan. We've got um, parents juggling kids, COVID, schooling. We've got my mum. Nothing seems to phase her. She's just turned 97. 
my nan, we've got loads here. So again, when we're looking at who do we see as being resilient, it's about how does that kind of, as I say, mold our definition of what resilience is. So as I said, we're gonna be looking at building our emotional resilience during this session today. And this is, this is for you. Of course, you can share these tools and these tips with your employees. But as I've said, I want you to spend this session today focusing on you. And we're gonna be walking you through a couple of exercises as we do so as well. And I think as it comes down to resilience, you know, a session like this can help give you the tools, can help give you more understanding, but it is really about sort of putting them into practice, right? And having that discipline to be able to put them into practice, to be able to be more emotionally resilient as well. And this really sort of fits in well with our focus as a business, right? Our focus as a business is to be proactive, not reactive. And if you think about dealing with those hardships, dealing with overload, lots of work, stress that's happening at work, how often do you just react when you feel a certain way, right? Again, we kind of let ourselves build up and the stress build up and stress build up. And then we sort of get ourselves into a, an almost reactive place where we're now trying to do something about it when we're feeling burnt out, right? And again, it's about trying to shift that focus of how do we look at mental health in a very proactive way, our own mental health, but also how do we encourage our employees to look at their mental health in a very proactive way as well. So as I've said, the sort of tools that we're going to be sharing throughout this session is, is kind of looking at this proactively, not reactively, which a lot of companies have kind of made that mistake with. And we kind of look at the, the promote, provide, protect model that we share with all of our clients, whether that's a big organization that we work with or a small organization. And again, it's looking at what proactive strategies can we put in place to look at mental health, to look at resilience, to look at dealing with challenges and adversity in a human way, right? Because your business at the top there, as you can see, every single employee within your business has mental health, will deal with curveballs that life throws their way. And there's, there's tools that we're gonna have to give them. There's suggestions that we're going to have to try and do. There's initiatives that we might have to launch to be able to support them as well, right? Then when we've got the provide section, there are gonna be some employees within your organization that need more support, need more training, need more guidance. And then when we've got protect, these are really the employees that might need that support in that moment because they are really struggling. And the mistake that I think businesses have made for a very long time is they go straight to protect. We've got an employee assistance program, we've got mental health first aiders. If anyone's in crisis, we're there to support them. But we need to start looking at this in a proactive way, as we've said. So I think this session really sort of fits in well with our approach as a business too. So let's go on to the five tips to give you a bit of value during this session. So five ways you can build resilience and avoid burnout and remembering to be proactive not reactive. So the first tip, I'm going to put this one over to you, Jess. Yeah, so this one is probably the most obvious, but the most easily forgotten um, tip for looking after your well-being and being able to cope with adversity. Um, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to the times when we are feeling stressed and burned out, that actually Things like taking the time to cook ourselves a nutritious meal or taking the time to go out for a walk on our lunch break. Those are the things that are often first dropped. So it's making a conscious effort to continue doing those things, even when work feels overwhelming and things feel busier. Um, it goes without saying that um, sleep deprivation is probably one of the most harmful things for our recovery from challenging events. It makes it harder to recover emotionally. Um, I know that I am 
terrible if I'm operating on little sleep. I'm I'm hard to work with and it's harder to get through my studio. So definitely prioritizing sleep and recovery. Um, I'm no nutritionist, but there is so much more research as well that's highlighting the direct link between our gut health and our mental health. So, I mean, I'm stating the obvious here, but it's about eating uh, your full five a day, um, making sure your diet is varied. And if you're someone who does shift physical health to a lower priority when things are getting busy, just make the goal a little bit smaller if you can. So where you would ordinarily go out for a run when that feels a bit overwhelming, when work's overwhelming. How about just taking yourself out for a walk and then, yeah, making it easier for yourself. I love that. James has um, added in a good tip as well, um, building as commute time when working from home. So that commute time that you save if you are working from home, utilize that time effectively to maybe sort of take care of your physical health as well. Um, I want to put the question out to you guys. What do you do when it comes to managing your physical health on, let's say, a weekly basis? What is it that you sort of focus on um, when it comes to your physical health? Is it is it yoga? Is it going for a run? Is it going for a walk? Put that in the chat box as well. I think just to sort of, you know, highlight a couple of the important sort of tips that Jess shared there, I think sleep is is hugely, hugely important and often neglected, right? Um, you know, I always think about the kind of bedtime routine that I, I put my, my youngest in particular through, right? You know, he's um, four, I'll make sure that he's had a shower, he's, he's had his dinner, he's um, had his hair brushed over, so it's all, he looks posh, then he's in his fresh pajamas, he gets in bed, he's got a nightlight, we read him a story, he then has an app um, called Moshi, which is like a sleep story that he listens to. He has a sleep mask that makes him look like a pug, and then he literally will just drift off, right? And if we don't do that, he doesn't sleep well, and and we don't want that impact as a parent <laughs> um, to have a toddler that hasn't slept that night before. My routine, if I'm brutally honest, is normally I'll have my phone next to my bed sometimes. You know, I'll be watching TV in bed, um, and, and it's not a very good night, good bedtime routine, and I think that has a massive impact on your sleep, right, Jess? And as you've said, that sleep deprivation can carry through to your work day um, and everything else. Is there a couple that have caught your eye a little bit? I've seen walk around the zoo. I like that one, Kayla. That sounds very interesting. Um, some favorite food for happiness. Any form of fresh air. Read before bed to help sleep. Cool room, no alcohol before bed. Um, walk every lunchtime, gym every day. Walk every day for at least 20 minutes. Um, and Leslie just says, Jesse's so right. It always goes to the bottom of the list. Sometimes I go days without leaving the house, trying to stay in the routine of a daily walk. Jess, any more tips on that? Again, if we kind of like deprioritize physical health, is it just making, as you say, the goal smaller and just getting out there and trying something? Yeah, making the goal smaller helps. Um, I'd also suggest um, where possible actually diarizing it, putting it in your calendar, making it as important as any other meeting in your day. Um, that sometimes helps us stay accountable. And also letting the people around you know that you want to have a healthy week so that people um, who you live with can prompt you to go out for a walk in the evening when you least want to. Um, they can help you stay on track with physical health too. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like this one from Anita that I'm just going to share before we move into the next tip. Think of five things I'm grateful for before falling asleep. Allow me to marinate in positivity. I like that one. 
Um, tip number two, guys, is to ensure you have your own support network. And I, again, when we're looking at resilience, I think there's a real misconception for me in particular that if you are resilient, you don't need anyone else, right? If, if I'm so resilient, then I can deal with this overload. I can deal with this stress. I can deal with this adversity all by myself. I don't need anyone around me to be able to help with that. And I think that's a, a very, as I say, you know, it's something that we should try and change the narrative around. So when it comes to ensuring you have your own support network, I think firstly, it's actually doing a bit of reflection and thinking about who is those individuals that you can turn to when you need that them to right so an exercise that we use in the resilience workshop that we deliver to to organizations is creating two columns on one column you've got work problems on the right column you've got um, personal problems right and then you just spend a couple of minutes writing down individuals when it comes to work problems so if you are facing challenges at work who are those individuals that you would reach out to that you would feel comfortable to talk to and whether that's over a coffee or on Zoom or, or via email, you would drop them a line and just make a note of those individuals' names on that column. Then when you move over to the personal problems, if you are dealing with sort of challenges outside of the workplace, who are those people within your sort of personal network that you feel that, again, you can reach out to? And it's a really good exercise to do because I think we often neglect those people that we have in our lives, right? Even if it's just... I feel comfortable to email Jess um, and ask her for some help on a specific project. If I see Jess Robson on that piece of paper, I now feel a bit more supported and it's a reminder that I've got someone there to support me. Um, same with personal problems, you know, there's friends that, yeah, I feel comfortable talking to, but I need that almost constant reminder that they're there, they're there to help me if I need them to. And, and I think when it comes to dealing with adversity and dealing with challenges, and when we're struggling with our mental health, you know, me and Jess have both shared experiences of depression. You feel very alone and very isolated. You know, your mind has a very clever way of tricking us to say you're on your own. You know, no one's going to understand this. No one's going to get you. But having that there and as a reminder of these are the people that's in my network can be very comforting and it can be very freeing as well. It can give you that confidence to, to kind of keep pushing through and then the, the second tip that I would sort of say when it comes to having that support network is don't be afraid to ask for help. I, I would think back to the times where I was probably really struggling and I had friends, I had people that kept saying, you can talk to me when you want, when you need to. And I still didn't feel like I could talk to them, right? Because I was afraid. I felt ashamed to ask for that help. I felt that I would be judged if I asked for that help. So it's trying to work through that as well and understanding that it isn't weak if we ask people for help specifically when it's our workload, right? If I'm struggling with the workload that I have and I say to Jess, I'm struggling, there's this natural, I guess, thought that I have that, okay, I'm not a very good um, performer. I'm not doing the job that I should be doing. But again, we're human beings, right? And we all need that help in hand sometimes. So I think it's really important that we try and understand that if you ask for help, it doesn't make you weak. Um, it, it definitely makes you human. Jess, anything that you want to add into that tip? No, but some of the comments that are coming up here are very much um, centered around the people on this webinar feeling like they are that go-to for their friends and they are always the strong one, which actually leads really nicely into the next point about being kind to yourself. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about how to be more kind to yourself. So for those of you who feel like you're always the one who shows up for everyone else, a huge part of avoiding burnout is showing up for yourself and in those moments where you're starting to feel overwhelmed you're starting to feel like work is too much 
Talk to yourself as if you were talking to a friend, as if you were providing support to someone else. And quite often that can give you the immediate answers that you need for knowing what you need to do for yourself in that moment. Um, I'm sure that most of us wouldn't hesitate before telling a colleague or a friend to go out for a walk if they were feeling like they'd been in the house too long or to have a five minute break if work was feeling overwhelming. So just I would encourage you to be a bit kinder to yourself and watch how you're talking to yourself. If it's not how you speak to a friend, then <laughs> think about addressing that. Um, also, when it comes to being kind to yourself, I reiterate the point, but give yourself some breaks. Um, none of us were designed to sit at a desk from half seven, eight in the morning till half seven, eight in the evening. That's just not how we're designed. Um, so just acknowledge the fact that actually taking a break will probably increase your productivity. Um, so that will actually help you get through um, the volume of work that you have. And allow your brain to escape for a little bit as well where possible, whether that is on a walk or whether it is with a book. Just doing, engaging in the things that you know will take your mind away from whatever the stressful situation is for a little while. Um, do you have anything that you do to be particularly kind to yourself, Paul? Hmm. <laughs> I think it's the constant reminder. I think as a lot of people are highlighting in the comments and, and you kind of mentioned as well, Jess, it isn't natural for me to put myself first, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I know that it's important to put myself first and prioritize my mental health, um, but it still becomes priority number 10 when I look at my to-do list, when you know I've got to do something with the kids or something else pops up, an email's popping up on my phone, or someone, as you say, is, is potentially commenting on a post and you want to sort of deal with that first. So I think it's about the way I see it is constantly reminding myself and trying to retrain my brain to proactively manage my mental health. The way that I do that is a bit of a, a different way of doing that, but I anchor the statistics. So what I mean by that is obviously, you know, one of the statistics that's sort of shared quite a lot now is suicide is the biggest killer of men under 45. So the way that I kind of challenge my mind is if I don't go and do that run, if I don't do a bit of journaling this morning, if I don't focus on myself this morning, what's the biggest threat to my life as a dad, as a, as a husband, everything else? It's myself, right? So um, I have to do something about it. Doesn't doesn't make me weak. Um, it's that whole self-care is a priority. Self-care is not a luxury as well. You know, we're almost tricked into believing that if you look after yourself, you know, lucky you, I wish I could do that. But um, you definitely need to put yourself first, even if it is sort of 10 minutes um, in the morning. Lots of sort of people are saying that they really liked that idea as well, Jess, that you shared of how do you talk to your friends? How would you talk to your colleagues? Try and talk to yourself in that way. Um, and I think, again, I know you're a big advocate of this. Journaling has been something that's helped me in the past because I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fixer. I'm quite solution sort of minded and when I would write it down on a piece of paper, whatever was going on in here, I could almost rationalize it like it was someone else's problems. And then that made it a little bit easier to deal with up here as well. I absolutely love Anita's um, comment there about having an I am fabulous folder in her inbox with loads of positive feedback that's been received so that she can refer back to it um, in moments of self-doubt. That's something I'd like to start doing, I think. <laughs> that's yeah. I like that one. I like that one. And also this one, um, Antonia, 
She says, I like using the word non-negotiable to describe my daily self-care. If you have your mindset that it's non-negotiable, then you have to do it. And that's, yeah, I call them non-negotiables in the session that, you know, I deliver because I don't like the word coping strategy. You know, if it's a coping strategy, it's, it's very negative. Whereas if it's a non-negotiable, this is, as you say, this is what I'm committing myself to do um, every single day as well. So let's move on to tip four, because what we're going to be doing here is what our first exercise when it comes to developing self-awareness. So when it comes to self-awareness, and I'm going to let Jess lead this exercise, she's far better than I am at leading this exercise. But for me, just to sort of highlight self-awareness, I think is so, so important because personally, when I was at my lowest, I didn't have the self-awareness to even know that I was at my lowest, if that makes sense. You know, it's that self-awareness to even realize that we're burning out or we're on the verge of burning out or maybe we're taking on too much that we can handle and if we don't have the self-awareness to realize that how can we actually apply some of the tools that we're sharing today so as we've said exercise is great you know being kind to yourself ensuring you've got a good support network reaching out for help they're all really important tools but i think having the self-awareness unlocks those tools you need to understand where you are currently as well so um jess is going to walk us through a really, really interesting exercise to Jess. I'm gonna leave this one over to you. Okay, thank you. Um, so this is the values exercise, which is basically a sort of self-reflection exercise to help you build awareness of what's important to you. And actually, I think this is largely um, something that we can do to be kind to ourselves as well, is taking the time to ask ourselves what matters to us. And that's what we're going to be doing asking ourselves what is it um that drives me forward in life like what is important in life to me now the aim is to encapsulate what's important to you in just one word which can be really tricky um, and that word is your value it's the core of what you do it's the core of what you believe and how you want to live your life and to give you some examples of what values are so you have an understanding a value could be something like connection or freedom or adventure things that you want to live your life in accordance with um, it can be really easy to think that a value is something that you enjoy like running for me <laughs> but if that is the first thing that's coming to your head then i encourage you to think okay what does that doing word give me now for me it gives me um adventure and it gives me freedom so those would be my values and hopefully that makes sense and you can think about it in that way as we do this exercise um paul if you could skip to the next one the next slide this is a list of values um what i'm going to do is give you two minutes might make it 90 seconds to make it even harder. 90 <laughs> seconds to write down as many values on the screen that you feel you want to live your life by. So starting now with your pen, some quick writing. And as you're writing them down, don't worry about how you want to be perceived. Uh, there's no right or wrong value to have. <laughs> it's it's so personal. There's no one value that's more worthy than another, so. For those audio listeners, this exercise is best done visually. So if you haven't already, head over to Everymind at Work YouTube channel to see how it is done. It's okay if your list is long. 
we can value lots of things. You've got just over 30 seconds. Okay, that's your time. Um, so hopefully now you've got a, a page with lots of scribbled words that you can actually read and hopefully looking at those words is actually quite nice for you. Like these, seeing it written down on paper, it can be quite affirming. Um, but now what I'd like you to do is to actually cut that list down to just three values. So cross off any that aren't as important so you're left with just three values that are the most important to you. You've got 30 seconds to choose which are the priority in your life. 30 seconds is brutal. It's hard, yeah. It's, it's not meant to be an easy exercise. So. <laughs> just go with your gut instinct. Your gut will know what the top priorities are. Okay, that is 30 seconds. And I think you know what's coming and it gets even harder. You've got 15 seconds to cross two of those off so you're left with just one. Starting now. And that doesn't mean the other values don't mean anything to you. It just means if you were to choose one word that life almost wouldn't be worth living without this one value, what would that be? Okay, that's your time. So hopefully you've got one value on your piece of paper. Now, having an awareness of what that value is, is great, but it's what you do with that knowledge. So having an awareness of the value, fantastic. Now, ask yourself, am I living in accordance with this value? Uh, is, is my work reflective of this value? Is my downtime reflective of this value? Am I engaging in this enough? And once we know what that word is, maybe it's security, for example, it can help you in times of adversity, in times when you are feeling overwhelmed. Um, if my number one value was security, I could return to that when things feel tough and I could do things that make me feel secure because that's what I value. I could spend more time at home where I feel secure. I could spend time with family where I feel secure and it can help you get through those challenging times. So just have a think about your value and whether you are getting enough of it in your life and if you're not, how could you bring more of it into your life? It'd be interesting as well, if you don't mind sharing guys in the chat box, what that value is as well, if, if you feel comfortable to. Um, I think it's a really, really important exercise. Um, Jess, what was your value as well? Mine is connection. Um, in absolutely everything I do, whether it's work or play or my relationships, I want to feel connected. So I make a conscious effort to, to build connection with everything I do. Yeah, mine's when we did this exercise, Jess did this exercise with me, mine was freedom. Um, and again, that's very reflective of the kind of work that I've created, the adventure that I always seek, you know, um, wanting to be free in emotionally free as well, you know, is, is something that's really important to me as well. So um, 
yeah, as soon as I understood that, as, as Jess says as well, it's making decisions that are very in alignment with that value as well. If this decision that I'm about to make doesn't align with freedom, then it's something for me to question as well. Um, so yeah, lots of different values coming in, which again shows you how individual this exercise is too. So really, really good exercise. And again, you know, this is just one that you can use to be able to bring some more reflection and also create some more self-awareness um, in, in times that are, again, difficult too. And also what's really important is balance. We talk about balance and, you know, we try and sort of create this work-life balance. And there's been a lot of sort of discussions around work-life balance, but how do we actually find balance in our lives? Because as I'm sure some of you might be able to relate to, if you've got work and life, for a lot of people, you know, work might be up here at the moment and life might be non-existent because you've just been so busy. You've just been so focused on work. And when you're feeling overwhelmed by work, you know, how tired do you feel and how exhausted do you feel when there's sort of that downtime at the weekends as well? And then there's sometimes as well where maybe we go on holiday or where that's sort of completely changed and life becomes the focus. And then we haven't obviously got a lot of focus on work too. Now, balance for me, and I don't know if you um, agree with this, Jess, I think it's very hard to get like that. <laughs> I feel mm -hmm. like this expectation that I'm going to balance work and life just to completely, completely neutrally. But I just think it's this constant movement between the balance of work and life in particular. Um, and, and again, finding what it is that we can do to sort of manage that in a better way. And, and for us to do that, we're actually going to do another exercise here. And for me, this is a really good reflective exercise. It helps you find out where you need to focus more. And I think as well, it's a good tool to, to figure out mental health, you know, focusing on my emotions, there's so much that I need to think about. But what do I think? What do I focus on first? And this exercise gives us that as well. So with this exercise, this is what we call the will of life. You might have heard of this exercise before. Now, when it comes to the will of life, the will is going to consist of 10 areas that we believe are very key to well-being and overall life satisfaction. And what you're actually going to be doing is you're going to be scoring yourself on each of those areas. And then what we're going to be then looking at once we've done this is where are those areas in particular that we feel like we need a bit more focus on? Where are those areas that we're excelling and where do we feel like we need to focus on a bit more as well? And when it comes to it, just to kind of highlight, as you can kind of see here, you're going to be able to create a visual wheel of life. Now, Jess has already tried this and discovered that it's very difficult to draw this wheel of life. Jess, do you want to show your wheel of life? Yeah, I'll give you an example. <laughs> it's probably one way that you need to do when you've got um, more time than what we've got on this webinar. But it's such a good way to get a visual representation of what needs my attention like imminently and I was actually quite surprised by how I rated certain areas of my life it kind of prompted me to think about them and for me like fun was actually low so it's like oh okay how do I have more fun <laughs> um so yeah I'd encourage you to um actually draw the wheel um after with the handout from this webinar yeah, exactly. And, and guys, if you want to give this an attempt to draw the wheel now, then feel free. But because we're constrained with time, um, what we're going to do is we're actually going to send you um, this wheel of life um, after this webinar. So you can print it, you can share it, you can complete it yourself after this session. But what we're going to be doing is still looking at the individual points and scoring yourself. But we're literally just going to be writing down the number for each as well. So I'm just going to jump back to this slide because it's um, easier to see. So I want you to write down mental health. So write down mental health on your piece of paper. And I want you to then, next to the word mental health, give yourself a score between one and 10. 
So 10 is obviously you feel in this current moment, which is really important as well, at this moment, 10 is that you're giving yourself a, a high score. You feel very fulfilled. You feel very happy with your mental health. You feel very satisfied with your mental health as well. So if I was to give myself a 10, it would mean that I am, of course, very fulfilled in that area. If I give myself a one, then it means I, I'm not at all. So give yourself a score between one and 10. Um, Jess, any points you want to elaborate on when it comes to mental health? Um, yeah, I'd say it's all relative, isn't it? Um, I think if you're someone who has experienced struggle with mental health, your perception of what good mental health will be different to what someone else's perception of good mental health is. So just mark these based on your own perceptions of how you feel your mental health is and not what society might think it looks like. Mm, love that. So give yourself a score for mental health. Then I want you to write physical health underneath it. And again, you're going to give yourself a score between one to 10 when it comes to physical health. And Jess, you shared an example with me yesterday that obviously you're, you're a runner, you're you know a, a, a good athlete, if you don't mind me saying that. But at the same time, you scored yourself very low when it comes to physical health um, in this moment. Why was that? So I am recovering from COVID. So um, like, like Paul's mentioned, like my expectations of what my body can do are normally really high. So the fact that I'm struggling to go for a walk that's more than 20 minutes is um, really getting me down. So yeah, it's low at the moment, but going for a walk for 20 minutes might mean that your physical health is high to someone else. So yeah, yeah exactly. all relative. And you're feeling better now, which is good. Yes. Um, then I want you to write financial well-being. And once again, give yourself a score between one to 10 when it comes to financial well-being. And, you know, especially during the, the pandemic that we've all experienced, financial well-being has, of course, become a, a really important part when it comes to how we personally feel and the fulfillment that we have. So when it comes to your finances, your financial situation, again, this is just you doing this exercise on your own. Give yourself a score between one and 10. Then I want you to write career. And same thing again, give yourself a score between one to 10 when it comes to your career right now, in this moment, how do you feel in your career? Okay. Then after that, I want you to write friends. And then once again, next to friends, give yourself a score between one to 10. Just with your value being connection, how did you sort of see friends here? Um, so at the moment, my friendship um, one was pretty high. That's because I am back in the city where all my friends are. So I'm actually in close physical like proximity to them, which is great. But a lot of last year, I was quite far away from them. So yeah, it is high for me now, which is great. Good stuff. Mine will be high if England went tonight. <laughs> um, then I want you to write family and relationships. And then again, give yourself a score next to family and relationships. <laughs> it is coming home, Craig, we hope. Next, life purpose. This is a big one, life purpose. Write down life purpose and give yourself a score again between one and 10. I think when it comes to purpose, it's a very difficult one. I think the last exercise of values really helps you sort of identify that purpose as well, right, Jess? 
Absolutely. I think um, if you're struggling to think about what how to grade this one, grade it on based on that value that you just identified. How how much are you living in accordance with that value? Good stuff. Then personal growth and learning. Again, when we're looking at resilience, I think it's important that well, resilient individuals embrace learning, in my opinion. You know, they're always looking at how do I continue to grow? How do I continue to turn this negative situation into a positive? They're always looking to better themselves and improve themselves. So think about your personal growth and your learning. Are you focused on that? Um, in this moment, how would you score yourself again between one and ten? Then once you've done that fun and recreation, score yourself between one and 10. For a lot of people, you know, we've done this exercise a few times during the pandemic in particular, that was pretty low. Um, they didn't feel like they had those fun moments, those sort of, as we say, those moments where they can sort of embrace connection with the people that they 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 enjoy spending time with. Um, but again, it's really important that we focus on those areas if we feel like we're not having that fun too. So it's important to note that they might be linked as well, some of the segments here. So my, my fun segment was low, but so is my physical health. And that's because I enjoy doing things that benefit my physical health. Yeah. So you might be able to draw some conclusions from this. Exactly. And then finally, one guy's contribution to society. Give yourself a score between one to 10 when it comes to your contribution to society. And, and this is one that um, for me in particular, However strange this sounds, it's it's very beneficial for my own mental health and well-being doing the work that I do, you know, doing this work in mental health, trying to help others because it's I feel like I'm contributing and in, in return that definitely makes me feel better about myself as well. And I'm sure you you agree with that as well, Jess. Um so you should now be giving yourself a score for all of these 10 areas. And when it comes to this, as I've said, um coming back to that question there. We're going to be sending you this handout with the Wheel of Life template on it. So you can print it, you can shade it in, you can complete it yourself if you want as well. Um, however, because of time, we had to do it in this way today. Um, so when it comes to the Wheel of Life, it's a really good exercise. And again, when it comes to looking at these, some of them sort of fall hand in hand as well. And we thought with this war in particular, it's about looking at the key areas when it comes to mental health and well-being. Now, you can create your own Wheel of Life. You might want to combine some of them, I think, as Emma's sort of. Um, mentioned there as well, combine some of them into certain different segments as well. But the way we look at it, sort of breaking them down into 10, once you've done this exercise, as Jess sort of highlighted as well, you'll then have a more visual representation of where do I focus right now? So as we've said, in this example, fun and recreation is quite low. What am I going to do tonight? What am I going to do today? What am I going to do this weekend, right? When it comes to me trying to introduce more fun into my life, when it comes to, again, friends, my score might be quite low. I'm going to reach out to one of my friends today. I'm going to see if they're free at the weekend to go for a run. It kind of just gives me more of a focus, more self-awareness of where do I need to focus right now, right? And the way that I see it is when it comes to self-awareness, if you say improve your physical health, you have the self-awareness to say, mm, where do I start? Is it that knee that I've been putting off? Is it my shoulder that I've been sort of neglecting? When it comes to mental health and I say improve your mental health, where do you start? We, we don't have that self-awareness. That's a really good exercise um, to use as well. And it seems like there's some good feedback coming in here as well. So conscious of time as well, but just to sort of finalize a couple of other things to remember when it comes to resilience is remaining calm, keeping things in perspective. I think perspective is really, really important. 
accepting that change is a part of living. We're all going to embrace change. We're all going to face it. We all have to try and embrace it and deal with it. And also, as we've said, you know, curveballs are going to be thrown our way as life continues. So um, being able to accept that is really important. Taking ownership of our goals, looking for new opportunities, trying to build that positive outlook, that positive mindset and prioritizing self-care is really important as well. And then using the values exercise to find that purpose and maintain a hopeful outlook as well. Jess, I know you are going to have to go because you've got a workshop with one of our clients. So um, Jess, thank you so much for joining today's session. I'm going to carry on, guys, so please do not go anywhere. Um, but I'm conscious of time. Jess, thank you for joining. You can see some. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the session. Um, I appreciate it. Enjoy the session that you're going to deliver. Um, in All right, then. Bye. So when it comes to this, guys, I just want to sort of summarize everything. And then I'm going to open the floor to questions. And then what we're going to be doing is giving away the book as well. So like I said, Jess has got a, a session, a resilience session, I believe, with one of our clients. Um, however, so that's why she's had to jump off. But as I said, free this month, we're going to give you two self-awareness PDF handouts that you can download, you can use yourself, you can share with your colleagues as well. So if you found these two exercises helpful, we're going to send them to you. You've got the Wheel of Life exercise there, as you can see. We've also got a couple of pages that explains the Wheel of Life that kind of talks about the importance of it. So feel free to use that yourself, print it out, complete it. At the same time, if you want to share it with your colleagues, share away. If you feel like it's a useful exercise that's going to benefit them, attach it in an email, put it in Slack, put it in Teams, whatever you feel um, you need to do. And then also the values exercise. Again, we have a separate PDF for that. Again, a free pager that kind of explains what a value is, explains the exercise. And then as you can see there, gives them opportunity to write down those values, compress them down to that one value as well. So if you do want these, just drop me an email, paulm at everymindatwork.com. Com, Paul M at everymindatwork.com. I'm also going to put it in the chat box. Drop me an email now. You could just say, Paul, send it to me or Paul, rubbish session, but I want your handouts. Whatever you want to say, just put it in an email and um, I'm going to come through and send this in an email to all of you as well. So that is going to be free for you for joining this session. Do you feel like these exercises will help your employees? Um, just put a yes or a no in the chat box. Do you feel like these exercises would help your employees? And what we're seeing here when it comes to sharing these exercises on the workshops that we deliver is we're giving them awareness, we're allowing them time to reflect, and we're then getting them to sort of start to see the areas that they need to improve and also the tools that they should be obviously focusing on as well, right? So good to see lots of you sort of um, can relate to that. And kind of sort of bringing that in, what we're actually going to be offering is um, our employee resilience and adaptability sessions just to you guys for joining um, our session today. And really these workshops and these sessions, as you sort of highlighted, are an extension of what we've gone through today, but really focused on helping your employees deal with workload, deal with burnout and be able to use some of these tools as we've suggested. And, and what we do is we sort of break it down into different solutions. We have a one hour webinar that we deliver where we look at the values, we look at the wheel of life, we look at resilience and we sort of focus on specific exercises in that hour to make your employees more adaptable and resilient. That's a one hour interactive session. And then solution two is actually the workshop that we deliver. It's more extensive, it's two and a half hours. And I'll explain that more in a minute as well. So that's more of a sort of extensive look at resilience and adaptability. So when it comes to the webinar, this is personalized to your business. It's engaging for your employees. We use anonymous polling throughout the session in a way of engaging with them to 
gather some insight, gather some data to find out how they're feeling, and then we tailor the session specifically to them. And in this one hour session, we look at how they can be better equipped to handle adverse effects, um, everyday stress, how they can manage that heavy workload that they might be experiencing, how they can obviously look at the four pillar resilient strategy that we share, what it means to be resilient and how your employees currently feel with their personal resilience. So it's a session that's an hour long, gets you sort of engaging with your employees and at the same time gives them some tools to take away as well. After this session, we're actually going to look at the data that we get, the anonymous data. We're going to sit down with our business psychologists, and then what we're going to do is share some insight back to you as well. The other solution is, of course, the Resilient Workshop. It's more extensive. It's a two-and-a-half-hour interactive workshop. Um, participants walk away with 10 practical exercises. You've had two. They'll walk away with 10, and they also walk away with their own resilience toolbox that can help them stay accountable and develop the resilience skills as well. That workshop, one really important thing that I want to highlight, it includes a six-week follow-up. As a business, we don't like training providers that say, here's some training, bye, and then they're gone, right? What we like to do is provide some training, provide a six-week follow-up, work with you as a business to see how that's going, embed that into the business. Resilience can be taught in two and a half hours, but it can't be practiced, right? So with that six-week follow-up, we want to make sure that employees are actually taking action on it. It's actually serving them. It's serving the business as well. So there's two different ways of looking at this. And what we're going to be doing with this is if you do want to um, take any of these opportunities, if you inquire about either the hour-long webinar or the workshop, we're going to give you e-learning resilience for free. That is an online platform that up to 100 employees of your business can log into and they can go through the resilience training in their own time via e-learning. It's about 90 minutes long. And as well, it's a good sort of tool there as a refresher for those um, employees that focused on the resilience training as well. There's lots more that we could offer as well. Wellbeing strategy development, mental health first aid training. We work with businesses, as I say, you know, from the likes of co-op all the way down to smaller businesses too. And we're really on a sort of drive to make serious change. We're not here to tick any boxes. We're here to work with you as an extension of the HR department, an extension of the business to support you in your sort of desire to make employees feel better and being able to manage their mental health better as well. There's lots of testimonials that sort of come with it as well. Um, and just to sort of highlight in terms of the costings for the session as well, I believe there's a slide on it. Um, actually, no, there's not. There's the customs of this session, just to highlight, is the Resilience Workshop itself is um, £1,500 £1, for the Resilience Workshop. That's two and a half hours. That includes the follow-up session in six weeks' time as well. And then the Employee Resilience Webinar is £500. So, guys, these are sessions that we deliver, as I say, to lots of clients. So if you do want to find out more about that, then drop me an email, paulm at everymindatwork.com. If you inquire this week, you'll get the Resilience e-learning for free. Um, so like I said, the session, the workshop is £1,500. The webinar is £500 as well. In terms of how many people you can get on the workshop, we recommend 50. However, there's some organizations that will have more than that. So up to 50 is typically what we recommend for it to be the most beneficial. Um, however, um, some employees have had more than that on the workshop as well. So again, when it comes to the webinar, that's typically for as many employees as you want. And the workshop is specifically for the employees that you feel would benefit the most too. So guys, um, when it comes to workload, when it comes to burnout, is there anything that you suggest personally? I'm going to read through some of them as well. And then if you do have any questions as well, um, feel free to pop it into the chat box. Then we're going to give away these. We have got a couple of minutes. We're going to give away these. 
So any questions, guys? I'm going to try and get through some of them. If you do have any questions, pop them in the chat box now. If there's anything that you want to share that helps you deal with burnout, then again, feel free to put that in the chat box. Thank you for looking out for us. No worries. Thanks for a great webinar. Did you say the one hour is unlimited numbers? Susan, yeah. I mean, we got up to 500, but um, we've never had a webinar with, with more than that. Um, we can extend that if you feel like more than 500 would join the session, um, but it is unlimited. How often do you advise to run the Wheel of Life? Really good question, Craig. Um, depends, right? Depends on how often you want to prioritize it. It'd be good to do it on a monthly basis, I would say, at, at least, to kind of see. If you can do it on a weekly basis, even better. Um, but definitely, you know, the more you can do it, the more you have a snapshot of it. Also, the more often you do it, then the more natural self-awareness you have to know those areas that you might be lacking too. Good music is a good way of, of dealing with overwhelm and workload as well. Establishing a routine. No questions, just wanted to say awesome session. If you do want to join us on the next session, we do these sessions monthly. It happens on the first Wednesday of every month at 1 p.m. If you want to share this with your HR colleagues, if you want to share this in any of the groups that you might be in, you might be in the HR Ninjas group, definitely one that I want to give a shout out to if you are a ninja. Um, very, very good group, very good community. If you want to go to Facebook and search for HR Ninjas, you'll be able to find it. Um, some ninjas coming in here as well. There's lots of groups. So if you feel like these sessions are valuable, feel free to send that link out to some of your colleagues, to some of your um, fellow HR professionals as well. Um, these sessions are here to try and give you guys some value and hopefully you enjoyed today's session as well. So I've had a couple of emails come through already about the handouts, about the resilience training. Um, so as I said, drop me an email, paulm at everymindatwork.com if you want us to deliver some training for your business or at the same time, if you want the free handouts as well. Yeah, lots and lots of emails coming in, guys. So appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time out. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for Jess as well. Um, Jess was awesome. She does a much better job at me at explaining those exercises. Um, but guys, hopefully I'll see you all in next month's session as well. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. And Common England, hopefully, is coming home as well. Speak soon. <laughs>